Hello, welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop podcast. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. And we're back. We're back. We got some more news to talk about. And I think maybe the most intriguing news of the offseason so far, Daryl Morey, officially president of basketball operations of the Philadelphia 76ers. It was officially announced via the Twitter today, but we've obviously known for... I don't know, a week, week and a half, but finally getting the chance to talk about it. Phil, what was the initial reaction? Good move, bad move? What are your thoughts? I mean, definitely good move on the Sixers part because right now in the front office, like, they really don't have that much, like, well, intellect. Like, obviously they have, like, kind of coaching foundation, I guess you could say, with the Doc Rivers hiring in some people's eyes. But, like, Elton Brand has proven that he's not really, you know, going to be able to figure this all out on his own. So he's going to need some kind of a lending hand from someone who's really done it before. And I think this is kind of, like, the best get on the market. What are you thinking? Yeah, you can't get mad at the hire. I mean, Daryl Morey has been an incredibly successful GM, no matter how you want to slice it. Obviously, he hasn't won the big one, but... He's with that Houston Rockets franchise for 13 years. They had a lot of success. They've made the playoffs the last eight years. And he's inherited a team Western with... Western Conference Finals, three or four? Western Conference Finals, I... was it that many? Um, I, I think mean, it was. There was a few I Rockets, it... and then there's got to be a, there's like... gotta be a T-Mac. I... Nah, because T-Mac never made out of the first round. That was his whole thing. Fuck, I thought... <laughs> on Orlando. I, th- I, th- I think he made two. I think he made two Western Conference Finals. Honestly, I think All he right. made it in twenty in twenty eight in twenty eighteen, and then in twenty fifteen when they beat the Clippers and then lost to the Warriors. All right, like the Rockets, when I'm off, I'm off. <laughs> but yeah, still listen in the Western Conference. That's, that's a lot of success. I mean, impressive. Yeah, for sure. So it's a good move. Obviously, I think. If you're a Sixers fan, you got to be happy. The question will now be, what does he do? Because as much talk as there is about Daryl Moore being this math guru and analytics-driven, which he definitely is, nobody likes to wheel and deal with the trades more than Daryl Morey. So, Phil, everybody's going to be looking at this team at what kind of trades they can make, what kind of trades they're going to want to make, who they're going to put on the market. Where does your mind go when you see Philly as a trade spot? Who do you think Moore is going to try to move? Do you think he's going to try to move anybody? Maybe he tinkers with this rock? I don't know. Because that's what yeah, I was I think, thinking initially. Yeah, no, I think it's in reference to what year you're talking about. Because I think this upcoming season, realistically, there's going to be occurring around like the main core of like Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Tobias, and Horford, if you want to make it that big of a core. Because at this point, like, there's no reason to sell off Horford or Tobias Harris for, like, maybe, like, a dime on the dollar. And then just send out, like, first-round picks because you barely have any to begin with. So, like, really, you just hold on. I don't know what they could They need some shooting, obviously. Like, when they did, what was it, 2017? Or maybe 2018, where they had, like, Bellinelli and Redick. They were just able to really make the – they were optimizing their ability to play just from having so many shooters. So, I mean, that's probably the area he's going to try to reinforce. I don't know what kind of shooters on the market you would think of, but I can't think of any at the moment besides, like, Bertans and Harris. 
Yeah, I think that Mori is going to try to do something with the peripheral pieces, though, those auxiliary pieces, because, you know, Daryl, as much as he likes the three ball and he likes his free throws and his layups, Mm -mm -mm. he's he's always been a star guy, you know? He's always wanted stars. He's wanted multiple stars, multiple top – 15, 20 guys on his team. And yeah, he's he's got two of them right in front of him right four, in front of four. his eyes. So uh, um so, Brand said there was four. That's four? Four? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, if if that's what they want to think, they they could think that. But uh I, I see two. I see two. So but I, yeah, I don't know there's you know, a lot of people that argue with you. I don't think he's gonna be willing to sell low on Ben Simmons just because he can't shoot a free. You know, I, I don't see that happening. Right. Like, I mean, people have already been firing up the the trade machine with James Harden. I don't think Houston's going to want to do that anytime soon either. So, realistically, Ben Simmons, Joe B, these are two stars, top-level players that you want on your team, regardless of who you are. Now, can they work together? That remains to be seen. But... Maury's been known to just put those talented guys together and just see what happens, see if it works. You know, right. go back to the Chris, go back to the Chris Paul, James Harden thing. How many people, when that happened, were saying, "Oh, that can't work." Two ball handlers, two two players that aren't necessarily defensive stoppers. Although Chris Paul's a good defensive player, he's six feet tall. You know, Five, two ten. backcourt players need the ball, whatever. And look, and look how that worked. So. He made, I'm not saying he's the one that made it work, but he's never been one to shy away from something just because of fit. I think he's happy to have those two stars on his team. Yeah. Obviously, there's question marks regarding everybody else in the squad. And listen, Horford, Tobias, Josh Richardson, more so Harris and Horford, the yeah, contracts I, I aren't get great, to, but I still... Point. Yeah, no, for sure... I still do think there are moves for those two guys, though. Honestly, probably more so Horford than Harris, just because that Harris contract is so ridiculous. But you could talk. I think teams could talk themselves into plugging Horford in for some decent defense, locker room presence. He could still shoot a little bit. You know, it was a really funky situation with Joel Embiid. I think it's going to continue to be a really funky situation with Embiid. That doesn't seem like a fit at all. Right. But. I think he'll be on the market looking for Horford deals. I don't know. Like, do you think that could be made? I, I think that there's a deal out there that Maury can make, personally. You know, I agree. Maury could definitely, you know, buttermill and find something. Question is, will he get as much value as he, he thinks he deserves out of it? So I'm sure he's not expecting to get a pretty equal trade, but I'm sure he doesn't want to completely dinged on, every, on the trade he makes. But, I mean, what's interesting is, like, whether it's this season or the next – the Sixers are going to be cap strapped because with the not being, unless you get rid of Harris and Horford, you're going to be stuck on the caps with Embiid, Simmons, and Harris and Horford. You get rid of one of those contracts, you're still on the cap with three max, essentially max contracts. You know, so it's I, yeah, I have no yeah. idea where exactly, but that's why I think they're kind of just going to stick around, you know, putts for a little bit in this season and see if anything clicks. Yeah, that's why I don't think the Tobias a bias trade makes sense because you're not going to make any money for yourself. You're right. just going to get worse most likely because you're not going to get better win now pieces. Listen, Tobias had a, not a great year. It was up and down underwhelming playoffs came again, pretty underwhelming where 
you know, they needed him to step up and be that second guy, and he just wasn't. But at the same time, he's still he's still six foot eight and can shoot thirty five to thirty seven percent from three any given year. So, yeah. is he worth his contract? Absolutely not. But he's still a player that can help you win games in some capacity. I don't see you getting equal value, and you're not opening up cap space by trading him. So I don't see that making any sense. Right, Horford. I do think though you can move and get something back. Yeah, no. you know I've I've pitched the idea, Phil. All right, mm-hmm. I like I like Terry Rozier to the Philly. I like Terry Rozier to Philly. I if the Charlotte Hornets, and now we're getting into the draft weeds too. But oh, I've already thought started. of that. Like, but a situation where because. LaMelo ball drops to three and not crazy. That's a lot of guards because, because you're still paying Terry Rozier. So that's a lot of guards between him, Graham and LaMelo. You trade off Rozier, get Horford. Now, you, you know, you plug up some defensive holes in the back end. He's not a stopper, but he's still a strong, big, strong man. Big who can Exactly. Yeah. his chunky's camp to cover some of the warts that, that LaMelo is going to have on defense, obviously. Again, this is completely just in the future. Right. Not, no basis, but I'm just saying, <laughs> no. like, there's deals, I think, where Al Horf. No, <laughs> no. That, this is not my first breaking scoop. But I think Horford can be of, a, of appeal to some teams. And Philly's going to want a point guard. They're going to want shooting. Those are the two things they need. Yeah. I mean, how much is Chubba Wubba going to change your, I guess, def- defensive playing you? How is it Chubba Wubba going to change you, like, stretching him out really though because he's what was he like a 30 i don't know what he shot last season but he's been respected at the three-point line but he's never been anything where like people got to stay up on him sneak phil sneaky three-point shooting year sneaky three-point shooting yeah, year but, i mean 40.7 i don't buy into that what were the what were his celtics years it, i know the celtics years were like his best year was like 35 35 or 36 percent. Philip, he's a 37 percent career shooter. He's a 37 percent career shooter. Maybe I'm just wrong, but last la- no, he had a sneaky year last year. I really think oh, he had a sneaky oh, year. Carter Again, Williams had a sneaky year in the Sixers when it was just him too. Let's let's get that out the gate. Yeah, but he shot well with with good volume. He took 6.7 a game and made 41 percent. All right, all right. Well, maybe it's just so. Rozier- Optics because I wanted him on the Knicks, and now I didn't like him because he's not there. So, no, I think a lot. I, I don't think a lot of people really paid attention to Terry last year, but I think he was good, and he would be a nice fit for Philly. So, again, there's just one name, but let's circle it back to the Daryl Morey thing, uh, because it's. I think in the short term, obviously, we're going to talk about Horford and Tobias, and then Josh Richardson, because we don't see a Simmons-MB deal happening off the rip. Mm. But how much patience do you think Maury is going to have with this duo? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I think it's going to be a year. Like I think stepping in, he's not going to be like we're, we're completely 180 pivoting. He's going to you know give them the year, because, I mean, this is realistically their second year with this kind of nucleus. So who knows? Realistically, something could click and they could just figure out some kind of schemes. That maybe camp a lot more in shape than he was every other season he's come in. And you never know, like still yeah, little things like yeah. that, like could really change the dynamic. Maybe Al Horford comes off the bench. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting this year because Philadelphia, you know, even in the regular season, they've been disappointing. 
like last season, obviously, listen, we people should not forget the fact that Ben Simmons did not play in the postseason. That is a giant deal. And just saying the Sixers got swept without adding yeah, context. Caveat, or the asterisk. Do... You know how dangerous that word yeah, is. I mean, it was, a giant... <laughs> it was a giant injury that turned this. I mean, the Sixers without Ben Simmons are a mediocre team. That's what they would be in real life. They'd be a, a hovering around 500 seven seed. Like, honestly, that's what I believe. So that's essentially what they were when they played the Celtics, who were good enough to make the NBA Finals. But at the same time, they weren't good enough in the regular season. That, like, they weren't as good as they should have been. And I don't think Maury's going to make a deal in the regular season. I think he'll give it one playoff run for sure. Yeah. But if they, if they lose to an inferior team in – his eyes, I suppose, you know, especially in a fashion that is underwhelming, like it just was, or if they lose in five games. I don't know. We, there's so many variables going into this next season, but they should be at the top of the Eastern Conference. They should Presumably. be a top three seed, and they should be fighting for Eastern Conference final spot, an NBA final spot. You know, that's the talent level they have. So I think if they fall short of that, and if it's clear that the, they're just not progressing, that the, the MB Simmons thing isn't getting any better, then I think we have serious conversations going into next offseason. Right. And um, just a quick but, little interesting tidbit for – I've been telling you about this. Like the divisions thing with going on with all the COVID, it seems like they're going to play, I think, 20% more in division games. So that means the Sixers are going to be playing essentially the top well, – I guess you could probably argue – these would be the top four seeds in the East, maybe top five seeds in the East, where it's the Celtics, Raptors, and Nets in themselves. And then they'll just, they have one easy set of games against the Knicks. So it's going to be interesting how that kind of plays out. And it's definitely going to alter where they stand in the Eastern Conference. So it's just something to kind of yeah. like not maybe harp on when they're not, you know, in the top two. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. But it's interesting to just fire up some random trades to think of about course. because you know Daryl Morey likes his trades. I I I heard a trade on uh, I'm stealing it from the Ringer. I heard it, but I thought this was a super. I heard this was I thought this was a super interesting idea. Super spreader so. trade. All right, forget for, forget the draft picks and forget maybe additional contracts that might need to be added. A core trade, mm-hmm. okay? A core trade of Bradley Beal. For Ben Simmons. Who says no? Do they both say no? Does one person say yes? Or do they just... I don't 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 even know. know. Or does the room just explode? I don't know. I mean, like the first impression off the top of my head is like, are they underselling on Ben Simmons for that? You think? I mean, like, think about it. He's a lot... He's not a lot younger. He's like two or three years younger. But he has this... I mean, he has more of an MVP potential than Ben Simmons, or not Ben Simmons, uh, Bradley Beal does, you know? And there's been, not talks, but there's been people saying he should be a James Harden for Ben Simmons type thing. I think it's more kind of in that echelon, because any team that getting, that's getting Ben Simmons is getting, like, the next five year or four years, whatever his contract is, of an all-star point guard. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you definitely got to... You got to break the bank. So, so you, you, you think Philly doesn't do that? I don't know. I mean, you think Philly would depends. say no? 
You think Ben Simmons is worth more like than if that? If it's Bradley Beal and like Davis Bertans, like like theoretically, if he had a they re-signed him, you know, like that's just those two pieces are like way too dominant than or than just the one hole of Ben Simmons. So I don't know. Why would you take that deal? Straight yeah, up. Not. I wouldn't get mad if they did. No, I'm saying you. Uh, are you taking that deal? Don't neglect. Don't deflect. If I'm... <laughs> so if I'm if I'm Philly, yeah. I'm taking that deal. You're Elton Brand. You're six feet eleven. Whatever he is, you're looking down at the contract you go. Hmm. I am doing it. Yeah. All right. Just Bradley Beal, Benson, straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I think Bradley Beal is a top fifteen guy. Similar to Ben Simmons. Fair. I mean, he was on an, an atrocious roster. He is a, he was a 30-point-per-game scorer last year. He can play de facto point guard. I think he's a great fit with that team. And I think Embiid and Beal fill in the, and the, fill in the gaps. That's, a, that's an Eastern Conference winning duo right there. I'm not saying they would, but I think that I like that duo more than Ben Simmons and, Bre- and Embiid. And it's not like you're getting a 34-year-old. Bradley Beal is six or seven, twenty-seven right now. Twenty-seven, and Ben Simmons is twenty-four. So, yeah, you know, no, I mean, I, yeah, I do think I, I do I do think Ben Simmons has the potential, but at the same time, Phil, Ben Simmons is I like Ben Simmons a lot. I know I, you have an opinion. I think that you and Kendall Jenner so love. <laughs> I think, I think he's gone from Kyle overrated Jenner, to underrated, honestly. But at the same time. He will never be what he can be, which is given all the the physical attributes, the ball handling, the core vision, all that. I mean, he has the ceiling of a top five player. He will never get there if he can't shoot the ball a little. And until <laughs> I see that, I, it's just true. No, you're right. I'm it's just true, though. I, there has been zero, zero progression in his shooting, whether – and I'm – in the willingness to shoot at. It's still something that will be, that will have to be watched over the next seasons, two seasons, whatever, because just in, in today's league, you will never be at that top, top, top level if you can't do it. And right now, Ben Simmons can't shoot the ball. He can't shoot the ball. And he that will and just be a liability until yeah, it's not. No, I can't argue with you can't, on that. And he won't. I, I do think the Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, duo is would theoretically for the Sixers be better but the Ben Simmons trade-off like it still is you can still get more for that you know like I'd rather see James Harden with Joel but can you but can you get uh, yeah 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 but Houston's not gonna Houston's not gonna do that but can can you get more than that to help you win right now I don't think I don't know if you can Bradley Beal's really you're right I mean right now you can't but I think there's a reason why they're not really like saying anything where they're like, we're going to completely revamp the roster. They're probably going to let this flesh out for a year. Plus letting everything kind of play out for the next year, like free agency or trades are going to be a lot more open or I guess possible, you know, more weird things can happen. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. We'll see how Maury fills his roster at the, you know, he's been great with finding those, in between fringe guys that are half out of the league and they end up helping. There's Ben McLemore's PJ Tucker and what Daniel House. Yeah, PJ Tucker. So hopefully he gets some of those for Philly. That's another thing. Their their bench has been 
pretty useless for the last few yeah. seasons. So if they can find some of those guys to just come off and make some shots, I mean, like how much better would Ben McLemore would have made this team the last few seasons? I mean, not a lot, lot better, but he right. get blanked. I mean, on. forget about that. They had I mean, Trey they, Burke they, on their roster been... and they dumped him for for quotas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I I was interested. I was kind of surprised to see Maury take the uh, get the job, though. Honestly, because yeah, I, I I guess he had this lined up, but I didn't think he was going to go right back into being yeah, GM. Whole... But this is a really good opportunity. I mean, the Sixers is just a between him and Doc. It's just it's just revenge, just revenge tour. <laughs> On who? And who is it, revenge? It, 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 every I I feel like they've been slandered. Yeah, I, Doc, Doc has is slandered and rightfully slandered. so, I think in, my that, opinion, in my humble opinion. Daryl Moore will be a, will be a I don't statue think in my that, eyes. No, no, don't get me wrong, though. I don't think the public's done anything to Maury, but I think I think it's been a little bit of a tumultuous last year and a half between the China thing, oh, obviously, yeah. and then also the Russell Westbrook thing was not his trade. I think that's been made pretty right. clear at this point. He, I don't I mean, obviously, Chris Paul and James Harden had some disagreements. So, would that have worked? I don't know, but I don't think he was interested in getting Chris in Russell Westbrook, and especially breaking the bank. Owner Tillman Fertitta, yeah, Fertitta, hmm. it seemed wanted him, and that seemed like an owner-driven move. So, I don't think Maury loved the way that Houston tenure ended, quite honestly. So. There's some people to prove wrong, I believe, yeah. from Maury's I mean, end as well. When you paint it like that, you make a good picture. But it'd be interesting to see how many, like the, every team's worst like trade they've ever made, how many of those we could find out were like influenced. Because usually those are like the things where it's like they don't have that kind of basketball lens. They're just like, this is going to bring them money. Like you just get stars yeah. from it. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, yeah. back to Richardson. Way off. Well, just want to touch on Richardson. Yes. If you had, if you had the deal right now, would you yes. send him somewhere or would you keep him? I think he's a very usable piece. I like him. I think it just depends mm-hmm. on fit. I think that, I think it's been. I like him a lot as a shooter, as a guy who can guard opposing ones and twos pretty well. I think the idea of him being a playmaker and kind of offensive catalyst was a little bit overblown. That's I think a bit above his pay grade. So it it depends what you're getting back. I like Richardson. He's probably your best trade piece. You know, he's a guy that maybe if you send Horford, you send Richardson too as kind of like a sweetener in a way where you actually get, and maybe you're getting two pieces back instead of one, you know, say you, make the Charlotte trade, you get Rozier and I don't know, does Charlotte have anybody uh, else? I mean, they use? have Devontae but Graham. Imagine and, they oh, What's his name? <laughs> P.J. Washington. Yeah. Well, P.J. Washington, yeah, but they're I not know. getting I mean, well, You asked they're not for getting interest. Them. <laughs> you asked for interest, not available. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, yeah, like that's what Richardson would be used as. I don't think they're looking to get him right. at the door, but yeah, I'd, I'd I'd have to generate some trades for Josh <laughs> and Josh, Josh. See what's out there. Kick the tires. I like them. I, mm-hmm. I like. Yeah, I like him, but he's a guy that probably needs to be your fourth best player in right. your crunch time lineup, and he'd know? be a very good fourth best player. So, 
Yeah, no, he would be, and he was supposed to be, but the problem was your third best player was sometimes your fifth best player. So. The, uh, the pecking order really got banana order got messed up. <laughs> it did get messed up, and then when Envy went down, your second best player was like your eighth. Uh, best yeah, player. and Simmons oh, went down, and the whole thing reshuffled. Mm-hmm. You got Big Al getting top yeah. banana. So moments. we'll see. Philly will be intriguing as ever. They they they, they just love, never they, love they never let up. They never it's. It, it's kind of like a process rejuvenation, though, in a way. From from Hinky, and now we're all the way to Maury. Kind of poetic, yeah. you know. Yeah. Back to the back to re- revenge of the <laughs> that night. is definitely the shtick they're going with. I respect that. <laughs> revenge of the nerds. All right, Phil, you got anything else? I'm thinking next week we do draft yeah, as long talk. As we just for sure we pick up on some kind of city jerseys because those are those are atrocious. <laughs> I know you're not you're not pro city jersey. But yes, I'm down for draft talk. We could do mock drafts yeah. next week. I like the mock draft will be fun. Excellent. Mock draft will be fun. Mm. We'll do that. Mm. All right. Sounds good. Right. Sounds good, Phil. We good? We good. We, we good here? All right. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. As always, if you enjoy, catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor app. Follow us on Twitter at Pod. Catch us on YouTube, Hoopscoop. And we'll catch you guys next Peace. time. Peace.